You are listening to Smart Mouth Scorpio Podcast with your host, Scorpio November. Hello, hello, hello there, beautiful people. Scorpio November here, and you are listening to episode 28 of Smart Mouth Scorpio Podcast. First, I want to say thank you so much for listening. I know that you could be doing anything else in the world other than listening to little old me. So know that I appreciate you. I am thankful for you. It is the season of Thanksgiving, right? (laughs) So I am thankful. I hope you have had a wonderful week. I hope it has been (laughs) drama-free, exciting, and just full of happiness and joy. I have had a wonderful week. I have met some goals, as I hope you have. And I have also not met some goals, which is kind of disappointing, but I am still thankful for it all. I am thankful for the blessings that I have received and that I will receive and the blessings that I am currently receiving. So I am so thankful and appreciative of those things. But speaking of some of the things, some of the goals that I did meet, I did meet the goal last week of uploading episode 27 on time. The downside or the disappointment in that is that the sound quality of that episode is horrible. I mean horrible. The content is good, but the sound is horrible. Hence the name of the episode. Horrible sound, good content. (laughs) And if you were able to get past the sound and listen to the content, I hope you enjoy the content. What I have figured out, what I what happened last week is that um, the the site that I use, an app that I use to record, there were some changes, some slight changes, something that I didn't expect, and I thought that I wasn't able to use the old format, and I only saw the new format, and so. When I saw the new format, I was like, oh, crap. And so I proceeded to use the new format. And as you can hear in the background, me in the audio, once you hear my voice, you can hear a lot of reverb, a lot of um, echoing. And the echoing's nice in certain places, but it's not the overall thing that I wanted for that, right? So the sound is low. And it was just disappointing, but I wanted to make sure that I got the podcast uploaded on time. I didn't want to give myself an excuse not to meet the deadlines that I set for myself. I didn't want to start that pattern. And even though I was doubting the episode and I'm still not happy with the episode, I wanted to continue on the path that I've set for myself. And in that path, I will make mistakes. I will get things wrong, but I'm committed to not quitting and giving up and getting extra frustrated some of the fun isn't finding out what to do and what not to do and that's what I'm finding out now so I thank you so much for listening and if you're brave enough if you haven't listened to episode 27 please check it out I think you'll enjoy the content (laughs) but anywho not to prolong the time of this podcast episode here episode 28 let's keep it moving Now we have reached a segment of the podcast that I like to call, What's the Word? 
What's the word? In this segment of the podcast, I will give you a word that I don't particularly hear a lot in everyday vocabulary. I will give you the spelling of the word, the meaning of the word, and then I will attempt to use the word correctly in a sentence. Okay, ready? Here goes. This week's word is innervate. Innervate, spelled E-N-E-R. V-A-T-E. It is an adjective meaning lacking physical, mental, or moral vigor. This word can also be used as a verb meaning to reduce the mental or moral vigor of or to lessen the vitality or strength of. So here's my attempt at using this word correctly in a sentence. It is important to not let a career setback innervate you. Again, it is important to not let a career setback innervate you. (laughs) I think I did pretty good. What do you think? (laughs) I'm sure you'll let me know. (laughs) Let's move on. Guys, now we have reached a segment in the podcast that I like to call World Happenings. In this segment of the podcast, I'll share with you a few international, national, political, pop culture headlines or what have you. I will give you a few um, key points from the article along with my commentary mixed in there. You ready for it? Let's go. The first headline I'd like to share with you says Colombia must protect the women risking their lives to defend black communities. I found this article on time.com and here's the key points along with commentary. <laughs> Having lost fathers, husbands, and sons to years of bloodshed, women of African heritage are taking on more active roles in defending their ancestral communities. Yet, standing up to corporations and criminal organizations who seek to oversee development projects, mineral extraction, and drug trafficking in their territories have put them in the crosshairs. Although this is the time of the third anniversary of the peace agreement that Colombia signed with the FARC guerrillas, this has not quelled violence, with many other armed groups still competing for influence. So just in those key points, here we go. The headline stuck out to me because it says their lives to defend black communities, women risking their lives to defend black communities, meaning black women risking their lives to defend their own communities. And this is a common theme and a common occurrence where you see black bodies in black communities across across the world where you see black bodies and you have others in occupation of that space as well right we see that these spaces are being pillaged and raped and the women raped and just taken advantage of and disregarded this is a common occurrence this happens here in the u.s we have our own fight with being disregarded and not being valued so to to see this headline was not surprising it was just heartbreaking to understand and to know that it happens all across the world where you see black women and black bodies that they're not valued we're not valued okay a few more key points from this article it says indigenous leaders compromise many of the victims of this but black women are increasingly at risk in the western provinces 
where Colombia's Afro-descendant population is. In the last 20 years, Buenaventura's Afro-population has faced a wave of killings, torture, sexual violence, and enforced disappearances at the hands of paramilitaries infamous for dismembering their victims. Proves my point where I said, wherever you see black bodies, you will see this happen. Killings, torture, sexual violence, things of that nature. I would encourage us here in the U.S., to not forget that although we have our own fight going on and to keep our eyes on that and not lose sight of that, but to understand and have compassion for others across the world that are facing the same things. And I would like to leave you with these last few key points of the article, and I would encourage you to find out more about what's going on across the world in black communities, particularly Colombia and particularly Africa. Africa is still having its own fight going on. And if you've listened to the last few episodes, I've highlighted some of the things that are going on in Africa. I do not want to fall into the trap of only um, talking about the negative things that happen in Africa um, so as to deter people from visiting Africa. I've never visited Africa and I would love to go and one day I plan to go. So that is not my goal with sharing these stories. My goal with sharing these stories is to make us aware of what's going on outside of our own communities and to be aware of what affects people outside of our community eventually makes its way into our communities as well. Okay, but these last few key points that I like to share is that many in the black community, meaning in Colombia's black community, believe that violence is a manifestation of structural racism. Some say the violence is aimed at destroying the social fabric to create a weak community that can be controlled socially, culturally, and politically. Sound familiar? Women are being targeted to prevent them from repairing that social fabric with using paramilitaries, with paramilitaries using femicide and rape as a systematic tools, as systematic tools to control their territories and intimidate the population. Let's keep Colombia, the black communities in Colombia, in our prayers. Let's move on. The next headline I'd like to share with you, I found on NPR. Nebraska is the first state to share driver's license records with Census Bureau. (laughs) This one is a doozy. (laughs) Here's a few key points from that article. This confirmation makes Nebraska the first state to cooperate with the Trump administration's effort to produce data about the U.S. citizenship status of every person living in the country. No other state, I repeat, no other state has signed a similar agreement with the Census Bureau. This comes after, this executive order comes after um, federal courts blocked the administration from adding a citizenship question to the census form. So the government said, no, we're not doing that. But Lo and behold, this administration finds a way around it. Why? Because it serves a purpose for them. Now, listen at the BS purpose that the the, um, Census Bureau says that it serves. The Bureau said that that any records it gathers will be stripped of all personal identifiable information, which is BS. I call BS and I'll tell you why in a minute. But again, stripped all of all personal identifiable information and used only for statistical purposes. I call BS. 
See, check this tidbit out from the article. The agreement specifies that the st- that starting this December and through the end of 2021, the state's DMV will share monthly data about license and ID card holders, citizenship status, their names, addresses, dates of birth, sex, race, and eye color. You hear that? It's sharing all of that information. So if it's scrubbing it, why are they sharing it? It makes no sense to share something that they're not going to use. Hence the reason I call BS. It says, here's another point that I like to like from the article. It says a prominent GOP strategist has concluded that using that kind of information could be advantageous to Republicans and non-Hispanic whites. Meaning that the Republican Party is planning on using this information. There's some reason, there's no reason that this administration would go through such lengths to get the information if it's not used to benefit them. This is a self-serving administration. Make no mistakes about it. So this is not surprising to me. And Nebraska, not surprisingly, Nebraska is a historically Republican voting state. So so considering that they are the first to sign the agreement to go along with their agreement is not surprising. Okay, this last headline that I want to share in this segment this week comes from Time as well. And the headline reads, 145 coffins from lost African-American cemetery discovered under Florida high school. Yeah, it says leaders from Hillsborough County Public Schools in Tampa, Florida, announced that there are about 145 coffins buried three to five feet beneath King High School. The reason this article is so interesting to me, not The reason this article is so um, interesting to me is because of a a few facts that come out in this article that makes it very fishy that this particular um, cemetery 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 will be forgotten i don't know why i couldn't get that word out it makes it so surprising that this cemetery or fishy that this cemetery will be forgotten especially in such a short time period i'll I'll show you let me let me share with you what i mean it says ridgewood cemetery was established in 1942 mind you this is a predominantly african-american cemetery right was established in 1942 according to a Florida group that tracks cemetery. King High School was opened almost two decades later in 1960. Notice 18 years, not even a full dec- full two decades. How can a how can a cemetery be lost within less than two decades? It's highly unlikely that 145 families all died off within 18 years. So that means that there were families out there that were aware or that knew where their family members were buried. So that says someone had to overlook or override or probably over 
overrode some opposition for the high school to be built on top of that cemetery because I don't see people forgetting and just saying yeah go ahead and build your school on top of my my great auntie or my great grandma or my big mama or my favorite or my favorite grandpa or something like that or my dad or my mom right and this is a kicker this is the second time in less than three months that a historic predominantly black cemetery has been discovered in the tampa area so what's going on in tampa are they just burying people and forgetting about them are they just saying they're not important so we're not going to keep up with the records no i think they have the records they're just not valuing the bodies what's going on down there in florida let me know let me know this was a heavy one (laughs) this was a heavy one this week this world happenings segment was a heavy one anyway if you have a segment or a headline that you'd like me to share here on the podcast you can email the podcast at smartmouthscorp on um you can email the podcast at smartmouthscorpiopodcast at gmail.com you can also tweet the podcast at smartmouthscorp on twitter and share the headline with me i'll take a look and i just might share the headline in the next episode let's keep it moving this next segment i like to call smarten off in this, in this segment, I will talk about something that kind of irks me. <laughs> it could be something in pop culture or just something in everyday life or what have you, something that I saw in the news or whatever. This week, I want to talk about when you I saw an article or maybe it was on a forum or maybe it was on Twitter. I don't remember. But the question was, what is something that rubbed you the wrong way? basically I'm paraphrasing what is something that rubs you the wrong way when you're first meeting someone and there were three things that stood out to me one thing people said is that it rubs them the wrong way when the first thing someone asks them is where do they work what field they're in and where they live where they live is pretty much the one that sticks to me right all those things have something in common Based upon those things, those questions, people tend to try to um, guesstimate. Yes, I use the word guesstimate. Guesstimate your income, guesstimate your um, your status, your economic status, guesstimate what kind of person you are, guesstimate your class, all of those types of things. Right. And quite frankly, it's no one's business. It's no one's business where anyone else works. That's not something that you ask or what kind of job they have based. Why is that the first question? Unless it's a networking event, a business networking event, that shouldn't be the first question out of someone's mouth. What kind of work do you do? I know some people, I saw some opposition to that. People being offended by that with counteracting that it's just a way to get to know people. Yes, it probably is, but it's a way of getting into people's business as well. Some things are just offensive to other people and you should be mindful of that. I'm the type that I don't like people asking me personal questions. Let me share the things that I would like to share with you. Take for instance, at one of my previous jobs, when I first got to the job, there was a lady, I will call her D. D approached me at my desk and she just went in and she basically was trying to interrogate me, asking me where I was from, if I was married, how many kids I had, 
all of these types of things and just going in. And I was just basically turning the questions back on her because given the fact that I was at work, I wanted to try to be as professional as possible and not tell her, how forget the hell up out of my face. <laughs> That's none of your goddamn business. Stop asking me all these crazy ass questions. And sometimes in certain situations, you may not feel comfortable saying those types of things to people and telling them to mind their business. But it is quite okay to turn the questions on them or to say, I'm not comfortable answering that. I don't know you that well. I prefer to get to know you a little better and then I will share with you. It's, it, some people may get offended by that, but that is okay because it is, because it is better to set your own boundaries than to have someone cross them. Stop crossing boundaries by asking questions that are quite frankly none of your goddamn business. As a socially awkward person, sometimes you feel when you're first meeting someone, you're already nervous about meeting them. The last thing you want to do, the last thing you want is for someone to be in your business and making you feel like you don't belong somewhere. Stop interrogating people upon meeting them. A good icebreaker would be to say, hey, I just saw that new Queen and Slim movie and it was pretty darn good. Have you seen it yet? And they may say no. And then you could say, well, it was about so and so and so and so and leave it and then say, well, what kind of movies do you like? You know, maybe I've seen it before or maybe I could recommend a movie to you because I'm a big movie buff and I and I love movies and, and so on and so forth. Break the ice that way. And as the person feels more comfortable with you, they will share more with you if they trust you. Build the trust and then the answers to the things that you want to know will probably come. Stop interrogating motherfuckers. Okay, let's keep it moving. Okay, beautiful people, we have reached a segment of the podcast that I like to call Read Me. In this segment of the podcast, I will share a book with you that I have read that has impacted me some kind of way, whether it's emotionally, uh, spiritually, financially, or what have you. I will share the title of the book and who wrote the book and a few key points from the book that I find interesting, okay? This week's Read Me Highlight is A Taste of Power, A Black Woman's Story by Elaine Brown. A few interesting points about this book is, I love the book, let me say that. <laughs> but Elaine Brown was the first and only woman leader of the Black Panther Party. Yes, she was appointed leader of the Black Panther Party by Huey himself when he was in exile in Cuba. So that shows you right there how much he trusted her. You know, Huey elects and appoints you as his successor or his or to replace him in the interim until he can figure out his situation. Right. This book details Elaine's in Elaine's own words, her life from childhood in Philadelphia up until she leaves to go to California and then how she's introduced to the Black Panther Party in um, California and then what intrigues her to become involved with the Black Panther Party. This book she also talks about um, is raw in detail. 
she talks about her relationships growing up, her relationships with people in the Black Panther Party, people that you may have heard of, some of the famous names, if she knew them, if she didn't know them, her interaction with them, if she liked them, if she didn't like them, like them. She particularly talks about Bobby Seale. She talks about Huey. She talks about Angela Davis. She talks about Eldridge Cleaver. She talks about a bunch of people that I think you would be interested in knowing about because there are people that you hear about as in relation to the Black Panther Party but you don't know much about them all you know is what the media has told you about them and so it's good to hear or to read in someone else's words that had close relationships with these people what the relationships actually actually were, were like and what the people were like in their eyes Elaine like most women it's complicated and you will see that in that book and you will ask yourself questions like why did she do some of the things that she did did it make sense if it made sense if you would have even done it <laughs> you will question that you were probably like, girl I wouldn't have done that that's stupid that's crazy what were you thinking trust me you will ask yourself those questions but most of all I think you will enjoy the book it may and like I said it'll answer some questions it may answer some long um um, some long wanted questions answered about the party. Um, but most of all, I think you will enjoy this book. I suggest that you check it out. So this week's highlight in the read me segment is A Taste of Power, A Black Woman's Story by Elaine Brown. Let's keep it moving. Now we have reached one of my favorite segments of the show. Well, let me say this. All of these segments are my favorite segments because I came up with the segments <laughs> and I like them and I hope that you like them and enjoy them too but anyway we have reached the throw it back segment here in this segment I will highlight a movie I will give you trivia for a movie that came out before the year 2005 I will give you roughly three to four clues or hints about what movie it is and it is your job to tell me what movie it is you will try to guess what movie it is and to provide an answer for the trivia you can tweet the podcast using the hashtag throw it back at smartmouthscorp on twitter or you can just post it on Instagram under a post for this particular episode using the same handle at SmartMouthScorp on Instagram as well. So let's not prolong it. Let me give you the answer and the clues for last week's throwback trivia. Last week's throwback trivia clues were the movie came out in 1999. The movie starred Monica Calhoun, Morris Chestnut, and Tay Diggs. The soundtrack to this movie features the root song, What You Want, featuring Jaguar Wright. And I know you must have figured out what this is because the clothes are just so darn easy. And it is a great movie. The movie is The Best Man. I love that movie. I have watched that movie so many times. I think this movie is entertaining and I think it is also just important. I think it's a must-see movie. I think people just coming out of college, 
entering into their careers identify with this movie a lot as well as young people that may not have gone to college but are just now spreading their wings trying to figure out what they want to do with their life trying to figure out those old friendships trying to navigate their ways through betrayal in friendships or in relationships figuring out if those relationships or friendships are worth saving and trying to figure out their own faults in it all and trying to better themselves I think this is a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. And if you haven't seen it, also, where have you been? The best man is the mom. <laughs> but anyway, enough about last week's trivia. Let me give you this week's Throw It Back Trivia Movie Clues. Here goes. This movie came out in 1999. The main characters in the movie's names were Ray and Claude. The soundtrack featured the Maxwell song, Fortunate. This one's super easy as well, you guys. Again, I'll give you the clues one more time. This movie came out in 1999. The main characters' names were Ray and Claude. And the song and the soundtrack featured the song, Fortunate by Maxwell. Now, if you know the answer to this week's movie trivia, throwback movie trivia, you can tweet the podcast at SmartMouthScorp and use the hashtag ThrowItBack. <laughs> Let's keep it going, you guys. Okay, y'all, we have come to the end of this episode, and I hope you all have enjoyed it, and I hope to see you here next week. <laughs> if you have any questions, you can email the podcast at SmartMouthScorpioPodcast at gmail.com. You can also keep up with the podcast and announcements and such by following the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at SmartMouthScorp. Again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, beautiful people, peace.